Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kill the White. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. I'm not really sure where the hello came from, but welcome. Welcome to the Kill the White podcast. Uh, I'm recording on a Tuesday, and I'm going to release this podcast on a Tuesday. And if you're asking yourself why, um, my suggestion is to go listen to episode 314 where I explain it. But the long and the short of it is we're going to have an episode for, like a special episode for like interviews and earnings calls and special events that Tesla does, like Tesla AI Day. And then we're going to have a news episode. As a general rule, the news episodes are going to be released on Fridays and the special episodes will be released on Tuesdays. But that's not a hard and fast rule because Tesla AI Day is this Friday. So this Friday, we're going to go over AI Day and then the following Tuesday will be news. I honestly think this is going to make the show better. So I want to thank Allison Sheridan for recommending it. Speaking of Allison Sheridan, she's going to be on today's episode, and we're going to talk about our experiences of driving the Electra Mechanica solo. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Driving the solo was a lot of fun. I'm not going to get into too many details here, but I did my test drive in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Steve and Allison did their test drive in LA. So uh, I feel like at the time, Traffic conditions were probably pretty close. Weather conditions were pretty close. I was nowhere near the ocean. Um, but other than that, I feel like the, the drives are probably comparable. I do want to say that Allison and Steve were kind enough to take pictures on their drive. I actually did not. I think I took one picture of the interior. But Allison and Steve got way better pictures. So I'll put a link in the show notes where you can view that album, that photo album. And then Allison also kindly included a YouTube video showing the Electromechanica solos being made. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And we're going to get to the interview, I promise. But before we do that, I want to recognize and thank Stephen for going to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. 
and becoming a patron. Stephen, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for doing that. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. All right, folks, let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Allison Sheridan on the Electra Mechanica Solo. Allison Sheridan, welcome to the show. Well, howdy, Bodie. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. You and I were talking about the Electra Mechanica Solo. Well, a friend of mine was just driving around town, and he saw this crazy little three-wheeled vehicle, and uh, he, he looked up to see what it was, and he sent it out to me and my friends, and I looked in the... Uh, at the website, and it said, hey, you want to test drive it? And I checked, and there were some 11 minutes from my car, and I thought, that looks fun. I'll get Bodie to do it with me. Yes, and you kind of wrote down some specs. Do you want to go through those specs? And I think we could save the price for later. Okay. All right. We'll make the uh, the fun of it later. I do want to say that Steve also was uh, did the test drive, so it's kind of his opinion and my opinion are kind of bundled together into one here. All right. This car is 122 inches long. <laughs> I like that it's in inches, not feet. It is 61.4 inches wide. So I, how tall are you, Bodie? I'm 5'11". Okay, so it's just a smidge wider than Bodie is tall, and it stands 53 inches high, and it's got a cargo space of five feet or five cubic feet. So this is an itty-bitty little car. Um, it's... Direct drive belt driven, which is something I had never seen before. The guy that was driving us around did point out that having two wheels on the front makes it much more stable when you're uh, making sharp turns. So if you've ever been riding a tricycle, you know, you take a real sharp turn, you just flip right over, right? That's, yeah, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, so I thought, I thought that helped. By the way, we will take this moment to tell people that I've created a shared photo album where you can look at pictures of it. I made it public, so Bodie will include a link to that in the show notes, so you'll be able to go look at the pictures as Steve and I were poking around in it. And this car is so little, Steve took a picture of it from above. So he's he's like 5'10", and he was able to hold his phone up in the air and take a picture of the entire car from above it. That's how little this thing is. Yeah, I actually, my, the the gentleman that helped me with my test drive, he was actually able to reach his hands outside the car, and he couldn't quite touch them. He was probably a few inches away from touching, but he was out of either window. He had his hands on the roof, and they were fairly close. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you know more about batteries. Why don't you talk about the uh, battery that's in this car? So this battery is a 17.3 kilowatt hour liquid cooled lithium ion uh, nickel cobalt. uh, Is it aluminum for the A? That's why I had you read it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It takes about 11 hours to charge this bad boy to full just on a regular 110 socket that you'd find here in the United States. Think about that. 11 hours. That's like you get home from work, you plug it into 110 and you get up in the morning, you can go another 100 miles. Yeah, and uh, it does have a range of 100 miles, so that it ends up working out. Um, it only takes three hours if you're on a 220 outlet, so that's that's pretty good. And it takes a regular standard J1772 connector. 
Right. And, or you just plug it into the wall, right? Right. <laughs> or I guess that's the, the one end well, that the goes connector into the on car. The car. Yeah. I took a picture of the charge port. It's really adorable. It's underneath the license plate. And in order to explain how small this area is, I have to explain one other thing. Um, the, the guy explained to us that because it has three wheels, the solar registers as a motorcycle. So that means you'll be insured for a motorcycle, which is cheaper than a than an automobile, but you won't need to get a motorcycle license. The reason I bring that all up is the license plate is, I thought it was like they just had a little fake plastic plate on, like a little toy plate, but it's a motorcycle plate. So it's that little bitty thing. It's like the size of a small Kleenex box and you flip that up and underneath that is where the, uh, the charge port is. And the, I, I took a photo of that for the uh, show notes. Yeah, even, even with the... The license plate. I, I had the same thought. I was like, I know it's a, I know it's registered as a motorcycle, but it didn't. The license plate did not look like a standard motorcycle license plate. It just looked very strange to me. It just looked off a little bit. So I didn't know if it was decorative or not, just because this was a <laughs> test drive. No, no, that was the real thing. So. Back to the charging the battery, uh, and I always get confused on this, the level two and fast charger, supercharger, all that nonsense. It it just makes my head spin. Can you charge this kind of car on a DC fast charger? So I asked uh, Spencer, the sales rep, that, and when I asked him about, you know, what kind of – you know, how, how fast of a charger it can take. He just said 32 amps. So I, I don't think, I mean, you may be on a slow DC fast charger. There's okay. no reason to put this on like one of the big, uh, like electrify America fast chargers. Cause it take 15 seconds. And like, it's done. No, it just wouldn't <laughs> accept it. It would just oh, accept okay. as much as the battery management would allow it to accept. And then you would I just see. basically be wasting somebody who had a lucid motors time because they have to park in the one that was really designed for your car. Okay. And you're parked in the one that's designed for their car. Okay. So for, for us, a hundred miles is, is perfect for a commuter car for most people, I would think. When you talk to salespeople, Spencer seemed like a pretty honest guy, but you never really know. But he was saying that there was a person that lives in Apache Junction, which is really far east of where I'm from. And she drives to, um, she drives to not far from where I'm from. Uh, the name is escaping me at the moment for her job and it's 75 miles. Uh, round trip for her. Okay. And uh, she loves it. And she drives it on the freeway, which I, I, I don't know if I would do that. 75 miles every day in a gas vehicle. If you can replace that with a small, very efficient electric vehicle, I mean, you're money ahead. Oh, yeah. This this will not take long for the ROI. The ROI on my car will last, take forever, but on this one, it certainly would. Um, it, it also has a, um, speaking of the battery, it has a five-year, 45,000-mile limited water battery warranty. I don't know what limited means, but in my experience, these warranties always have the word limited in it. So I don't know that that's a, um, a, a downside to the, to the terminology. I know with the Teslas, the, the battery warranty is limited, and by limited, they mean it it will lose some capacity over time, but there's a limit to how much it can lose and still be with, and, and without you know being out of warranty. And the uh, the actual vehicle itself is covered with a three year thirty six thousand mile warranty. Yeah, is that a lot or a little? It sounds a little weak. I mean, I think I think in today's day and age, especially when you think uh, how cheap it is to probably repair this thing, and they're probably using off the shelf parts. If I had to guess, for a lot of this stuff, uh, it, it seems a little low for me. 
Yeah, we haven't talked about the the price of the car yet, but they did show the guy showed us if you open. Um, oh, here's a funny thing about the car: it has two doors. Yeah, it's only got one passenger, but it's got two doors. And he gave us Ryan was our salesman, not Spencer, but uh, Ryan gave us some explanation why. I think it was like, well, if you don't want to get out into traffic, you can get out on the other side. Oh. Yeah, that's a good idea. I guess. It seems like extra complexity to me. But um, one of the things he showed us was if you open the right passenger door, there's a uh, there's three screws that go into going going from front to back of the car. And if you take those uh, out, the I think he called them beauty panels or something like that. Just the, the decorative panels that are on the car. You take you can take the panel right off and the and the um, mechanics of the car are right there that you can get to repair oh, it. That's so cool. It's, it's uh, it's not an iPhone to get open. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Cool. And you know what? I didn't know, and you wrote this in your notes, which was really nice of you. I, I always, I just assumed the batteries were below you, but no, they're in the sidewall. I, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, see, Ryan was better than Spencer. So you, you sit down pretty low in this car, but then you know how there's like a little, a little well you step over to get into a car. That's where the batteries are. They're all along the sides of it. And so you you probably still have a nice, really low center of gravity, which is great for making turns a, a little more stably, um, if stably is a word, more stable. Anyway, uh, it, but they're not underneath you. Right. And I don't know how that would, I don't know how, how that would be just a, kind of like overall uh, driving experience, because you're already really low to the ground. Maybe you don't want them directly underneath you. Maybe, maybe it's an advantage to have them, like you said, in the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. We, we're not ready to quite get into the driving experience, but uh, another funny thing is uh, Ryan pointed out, did you notice there's no rear view mirror? Yes. And we went, what? That's not possible. How could you do that? And he says, well, think about it. What would it be looking at? It'd be looking at your big forehead. That's all it would be able to see because you're right in the view of looking out the back of the car. So they even had, uh, they have a big QR code on the back window because or on the back of the car, there there is no. In fact, there isn't a window. I think right. There's no. no there's back window a window, at all. but it is, it is covered with the QR code. So when I did my test drive, because this is actually something that I I wrote down, so it works out. Uh, when I did my test drive, the we were parked at a, a light, and it's in downtown Scottsdale on a Saturday. And and to give you an idea, it took me twenty over twenty minutes to find a parking space at the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. That's how busy this area is. Um, and it's a huge mall with a lot of parking. Uh, but anyway, uh, we were parked. There's a ton of traffic. You're in this little bitty uh, vehicle, and there's a lady behind me in a Toyota, and I see her phone up, and she's just creeping. Like, the car's just <laughs> continuing to creep. And I was like, lady, you're getting way too close. And she's trying to scan that QR code through oh. her windshield. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, that's hilarious. I love it. I, it. It definitely is a car that that catches attention. I can I can say that for sure. Let's jump into the interior of the car. Actually, I want to I want to correct you. I took some pictures inside of the uh, of the car I, inside the mall where they had it sitting out like in the hallway, and there is no rear window. Is it is it no is rear opaque. window? Oh my nope. goodness! Okay, uh, well, that shows what I know. Yeah, well, you what what would it be for? You can't see through it, so it might have. It's basically it's a trunk. I wanted to say though, when he op- before he opened it up, I could look down and see in that little uh, uh, cargo space in the back. But maybe mm-hmm. that's just a bad memory you, on my part. 
Yeah, you hallucinated that. Um, I did take a picture. The guy put his laptop inside the the uh, trunk so you could get a feel for how big it is. It's really tiny. You could probably fit one like a six pack cooler in there. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't fit fit a pizza box. Well, pizza box is an interesting thing that you bring up. Um, there's no trim options on this car, but there's a cargo version of the car being custom made, and it's being custom made right now for Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. And Pizza Hut's idea is that you would be able to drive this car and deliver a bunch of pizzas, but they wanted the, the trunk to be sealed from the driver. So what they did was they build the car up. Right now, the car sl- slopes down, but they build it up into kind of a square back. And so you could put like five pizza boxes in there. So you can fit the width of a, hopefully a large pizza in the back of the, of the, uh, of the trunk. But, uh, they're, they're starting, they've bought five of them, I think, and they're going to be testing them out to see if it's a good vehicle for, uh, for doing, uh, little, little city drives. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And we should say, like, even though there's no, rear view mirror there is a backup camera and then because the car is so small even with the tiny mirrors on the side you still get a really good view of what's around you so it's not uh if people are concerned that there's no rear view window that it's not that big of a deal um when I was driving. I was worried about the the blind spot because you don't have a rear view camera so, or window, so you can't see behind you while you're driving. But the guy uh, had me adjust the mirrors ahead of time, and the way he did it was he stood behind the car and he held his hands out on either side, and I could see his fingers on both sides at the same time, which gives you a little bit of your idea of the width, right? So right. I adjusted the mirrors to where I could see them in a little tiny bit of the side of the car. When I was driving it, I was driving at one point where it was a two-lane road, and so there was somebody to the right of me and uh, and behind me, like maybe a car length, car length and a half behind me, and they were on the right. I could see their entire car in my left-hand side view mirror, the entire car. So you can see virtually, I mean, unless somebody is standing behind you with their arms down at their sides right up against the car, you can see everything else. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, let's jump to the interior. When, when I looked inside of it, it was very simple, very bare bones on the inside. What, what were your thoughts? It, it felt, it felt like a, a regular car to me. It did not feel junky or, or cheap at all. In fact, I made a note of the, I took a picture of this too, put it in the show notes. They had little red stitching on the seats, you know, a nice little touch. It didn't feel fancy. It was a mechanical thing to pull your seat forward and back. And it had, it had a radio, which I thought was, was, yep, I haven't had a radio in a long time. Uh, but it it was like a JVC radio that you would buy at Radio Shack in the old days and put it into your head unit, you know, not the built in one. It looked kind of, it looked kind of funny, but it had a real nice display in front and center with, you know, your speed and I forget what else was on it. I took a picture of that too. But it was a nice bright display, right? Yeah. It, lo- yeah, yeah. it looked it really looked good. good. Um, it it had uh, very nice dials to turn the temperature up and down and change the air conditioning rate. And um, they were kind of like... Uh, Hard, like a, almost like a gear, so real tactile. You could grab them, and that's one of my complaints with my car is it's all done on the touchscreen, and I would rather not have that. There's no touchscreen in this car. That's not not the kind of car it is. But I was curious. Did you? You're a lot taller than I am, and I'm really short in the seat for my height. How was your headroom in that car? Fine. If I was much taller, um, I don't know if it would have been a comfortable ride, just from the the standpoint of legroom. But mm. as far as uh, being in there, you know, if I had 
if I had a longer body, maybe it, with the same legs, it might have been un- uncomfortable, but it was fine for me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, definitely did not feel cramped at all. You know, my friend Dorothy, she and her uh, husband Mark, or her husband Mark is building a, a plane and has built a plane and she like has to keep her elbows in, you know, when she's sitting in it, the, the cockpit so small. I it, I pictured that's what I'd feel like, and I didn't at all. I had my arms wide, um, no room for uh, for a purse, no place to put it under your seat or anything, because there's just nothing, you know, it just fall right underneath the um, uh, underneath the pedals. I'm used to putting mine on the passenger side. So what I did was I you you have access to the trunk. So I just popped it right back there and I was able to reach back and say if I needed to get my sunglasses. But if it flopped over when I came to a stop or something, I wouldn't be able to reach it. So that was a little bit of annoyance. Yeah. And I will. Okay. So my favorite part of the interior of the vehicle was the air conditioning. Like, like the uh, messing with those dials was actually very satisfying. And I thought the best part of being in the car was like that felt like they put a lot of work into that. The display, I touched it. Did you touch the display? Because hmm. it's not touchscreen. There's no reason why you would. But <laughs> didn't even think of it. Um, I did touch it, and it felt like you could put your finger through it. But it was nice and bright. So I, I mean, you shouldn't be like up there thumping on the screen anyway. But it just kind of felt a little uh, soft and squishy. Okay, as compared to what you would normally find in a car. Stop touching did things. Did you buddy. find that? I know it's, it's a problem. I'm very tactile. Um, did you find the, uh, did you find the uh, cup holder? Oh, you know what I did after I got out of the car, I, I opened the right side door and it's kind of uh-huh. folded in to the, to the armrest. Right. Did you open it up? I did. What, do, what are yeah. you thinking? Could, I, I'm thinking there's no way it's going to hold a drink <laughs> like that. You're going to be wearing your coffee. Well, not a big goal. Because... <laughs> No, even if it's just a standard coffee, coffee's, you know, liquid's heavy and I did not feel so it, to, to be for people who don't know, there's like this little door that you, you pull down just like in the, uh, you know, 60s, 70s and part of the 80s where they had the, the little, uh, ashtrays in the back of cars. There's this little door that you pull down and then there's these little arms that come out and then you put your drink in it and then you secure the arms mm. and they kind of lock into place. It was very uh it wasn't very well thought out or very well made. Okay. I would not trust it with a drink. Well, I was too busy trying to figure out what to do with my phone. Yeah, I also had that. <laughs> I put it in the little door in the little holder in the door. Oh, okay. So there's a little slot. Now, I do want to tell you why I was messing with my phone. Um I was not taking photos or anything like that while I was doing it, but I had a great idea on the trip. I turned on uh, dictation in Apple Notes. So I'm driving along and I test the acceleration oh. and I said, acceleration's really good, nice and snappy, new line. And I kept doing that as I was doing it. So when I came home, the reason I have such good notes is I had done these recordings as I was going. So I captured everything I thought in the moment. I used the voice memos. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, My idea is better. So I had two phones with me. <laughs> No, your idea is way better. Because <laughs> I don't have. To I had listen two to phones it. with me. I had, uh, I had uh, my my little brother was supposed to come, but he didn't bring his insurance with him. Uh, but so I we had I had two phones, so I was going to talk to him on one phone and then be recording on the with the voice memos on the other, so we get both sides. Mm. But uh, he ended up showing up and going to get a pretzel while I did the test drive, which is a bummer. <laughs> I was just the reason I'm, I'm making fun of you and saying my idea was better was I had a transcription already, so I didn't have to go pick and choose and listen through. Um, I also turned that on when he, uh, when Ryan was telling us stuff, 
And it's hysterical because it doesn't even vaguely resemble sentences that make any sense. But every once in a while, you see just a little piece of it. I was able to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he was talking about. When the when the thing is actually saying, how many ducks do you want for Christmas? He was actually telling us where they were making manufacturing the cars. Yeah, which is in Mesa, not too far from where I live. So he said they were made in China. And then he said something about Mesa. So they are going to start manufacturing them in Mesa. Is that right? So... Like I said, I think most of these parts are not specific built just for solo, but I don't know because I'm not super familiar with the company, but I think it's assembled because they have a, they have a big, um, plant here. I don't know if it's a plant. They have a big building, uh, with electromechanic on the outside. So maybe they'll start actually doing, uh, actual manufacturing here, but, uh, when they're all set up, I think it's kind of probably be more assembly than it is anything else. Now, I did ask about how long's the company been around. Electromechanica is the parent company, and they've been around for quite a while. They're from Canada. They were founded in 2015. I'm not good at subtraction. Mm-hmm. What is that? Seven years. Right. So they're not, you know, not, not not brand new. The solo is pretty new. I think they he said they launched in October. Right. And it, the the parent company is a different name. It's like Intermechanica or something uh, like that, right? I just Electromechanica is like the off brand, and Intermechanica is the is that what it was? The, okay. I think oh yeah, they're a subsidiary they're not, of Intermechanica. Electromechanica right. is a subsidiary of Intermechanica. There, no wonder. And I, I think wrong. Intermechanica is can is uh, Italian, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's they're from Turin, Italy. No, we've got it. They were founded in backwards. 1959. Intermechanica's parent organization is Electromechanica. Okay, so we don't know. Okay. <laughs> Cut that part out. They're, they're connected in some way. You can go look okay. it up. All right, where do we want to go next? Time to okay, drive? So let's talk about our experience driving. How, first, uh, kind of describe to us what you're on surface streets, but is it, uh, there's a lot of traffic, a little bit of traffic. Um, I live in LA. There is always traffic. So I would call it medium traffic. It wasn't stop and go, but we were stopping at stoplights and there were cars in front of us. And, uh, you know, we had a few turns. I asked him ahead of time. I told him, I said, I'm going to want to try to really accelerate around a turn because the stability of a three wheel vehicle scares me a little bit. So he made a point of slowing down as we came up to light, making sure we had the green before he gunned it to go around the corner. He gunned it a lot faster than I did. Um, I, Gunned it as much as I felt comfortable, and I did not feel unstable at all. Steve was a little bit more aggressive when he did his, and he, again, said it felt really stable. Yeah. uh, My experience was very, like, a lot of traffic. Uh, There was only a few places where we could really open it up. But I had the exact same experience where I felt like it was really stable, the the acceleration, like when you go off from a start, isn't great. But once you hit like 15 miles an hour, it hits that next band or whatever. And then it, the acceleration is really good. Okay, thank you. Um, I said that too. And the guy said, no, 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 it's better right as you hit the accelerator. No, this seemed to have no. a nonlinear torque curve. I'm used to an EVs. It's linear. And that's why you get off the line so quickly. This felt like it, like it, like it hit a different yeah. gear. Yeah, so I and I listened back this morning to my my voice memo, and I was like, "Did I did I remember? Am I remembering this right?" And I mentioned it several times throughout the drive. I was like, "This has no pickup off 
from a stop, but it has a great pickup from like 15 to 45 to 50. We didn't go much faster than 50. Yeah, I would have liked so, to have seen how fast it, it they, they say it can go 80, I think it was. Right. Now, I had trouble judging the acceleration because um, I drive a car that's 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds. So I, I, my, time, my frame of reference is completely ruined. But I have driven uh, ICE vehicles recently, and they're, uh, it definitely felt about the same as I hit the accelerator. But then that boost, it, almost, it was almost like a turbo. Yeah. And it felt really satisfying once you got to that point. Yeah. Like it's a little lackluster until you get to that point and then you're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty fun. I'm glad to hear you said that because he was saying, no, no, it's linear. And I'm like, mm, no, it didn't feel like that to me. Can I talk about what yeah, I didn't it, like? Yeah, please. Well, my favorite thing about driving an electric vehicle is one pedal driving. And I know you've explained that to the audience before, but just in case somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's where you basically just feather the accelerator and never have to use the brake. So when you when you let off the accelerator, it does the regenerative braking thing and it breaks the car. And I can on on, you know, city streets just stop and go and go, you know, I don't use my brakes. I will literally go a week without using the brakes on my car and I'm including driving into my garage and things. I can just let off. You get used to when it's going to stop and how much you have to pull off. Now, if you're on the freeway and you're going 80 miles an hour and you let off, it doesn't go and screech you to a stop. It just, you know, it feathers and slowly brings you to uh, your speed down. This did not have that. It's got regenerative braking, but it also had like the creep mode that you can turn on in a Tesla, which I don't know why you would ever do that because it's so annoying. So you have to keep your foot on the brake. You can't relax when you're at a stoplight or in stop and go traffic. You have to keep your foot on the brake because if you lift it up, your car's going to inch forward just like with a, uh, with an ICE vehicle. And, um, I had to use the brakes a lot and you had to really stomp on the brakes to get this car to stop more than I expected. Again, might be my frame of reference. What did you think of that? I had the same exact, uh, experience. So I can tell you for, with creep mode, I think the creep mode is good for one thing and one thing only. It's like when you loan your your car to a friend and they they don't they're not familiar with EVs, if you put it in creep mode, at least they know if they're in drive or reverse and that keeps <laughs> them from running into a garage or another vehicle, right? But I think that's the only thing creep mode's good for. Okay. Um I did not enjoy the braking experience. I actually didn't. I was like, man, does this car have any regen? Like, there's a little thing on the display that shows regen, and it never got more than a bar or two oh. of regen. Hmm. And I asked this, the salesperson afterwards, and he said, well, it's once you hit the brake, regen stops. So there's no <laughs> blended braking. Yeah, that's, um, but that's really unfortunate. Did you notice, like, I, I did not notice the car slowing down naturally, like a standard regen. No. Even with my foot off the brake and off the accelerator. Like, Mm-mm. it was, like, I felt like I needed to use that brake. Yep. Yep. And if you notice that and you're coming from ice, an ice vehicle, then that means it's very much like an ice vehicle, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think that might be a problem that they're going to need to fix in the future. Another problem, and I don't know if you or Steve had this problem, but... When I would go from accelerator to the brake, um, my foot would either get caught underneath the brake or like it just took more um, leg muscles, mental. Yeah, like I had to be more prepared when I was going to brake because it, they were very close together. The brake was small. Sometimes my foot would get caught underneath the brake. And it's taller. The brake is taller. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I tested it when we came to stop. I took my foot and I went straight across to the left and my foot went under the brake. And I've only ever seen that on, I think it was a Jeep Grand Cherokee I rented once in Texas. And I was like, I'm going to die in this car. I, I think you'd get used to it. But why would you ever have the brake be taller than the accelerator? Why would you ever do that? Right. That is that increases your braking time, which yeah. in turn could potentially cause more uh, problems with accidents and stuff. And if they were using the regen braking, you would you would have the advantage of the car starting to brake as you're moving your foot to the brake as well. So they're missing two things right. on uh, which, like you said, I think those are safety things that that bothered me. I wonder if that can be adjusted. Yeah, I don't know, because you can't adjust anything like there were two buttons and one was like to set. And I think it was for like a trip. And one was maybe to reset mm. for the, the the trip for the miles, but that was it. Like you, there was nothing else to set in this car. Um, I don't know if it has an app. I forgot to ask. Yeah, it uh, didn't, but I would didn't have not. that app feel, did it? <laughs> no, no, and I don't know what you would change anyway. But um, my my drive was about it was less than six miles. So and it took about twenty minutes. Um, it was a little less than twenty minutes. So when I started, I did look. I had seventy five percent charge. At the beginning of our trip, when we got done, I had 62% charge. Oh, So wow. that was six miles and we had dropped 13% charge. And yes, I was, I was really hitting the accelerator when we were taking off, but this is a very light car. Um, yeah. it shouldn't bump you down 13% in less than 20 minutes, um, bumper to bumper traffic, but huh. that's kind of interesting. And usually an electric vehicle in bumper to bumper, you're pretty much not using anything when you're sitting still. So the fact that it was 20 minutes is irrelevant, right? The six miles is all that should really matter. Yeah. I mean, maybe because you had to hold it like, cause it's trying to creep. Yeah. The, that's maybe you're holding back on the motor a little bit. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. I was quite surprised really, but, and, and it also could be that their, their percentage um, isn't wholly accurate to reality right yeah like, that's that's fairly fairly standard not to be accurate right <laughs> right um you mentioned uh loaning the car to someone and then not knowing what gear they were in um unlike the the tesla's real weird it's a it's a stock on the steering column so you push what is it you push it up to go into reverse and you pull it down to go uh forward and if I stop to think about it, I can't remember. I have to do it on instinct, um, which is not what you're really looking for. But on this car, it has a dial that has reverse and neutral and drive. There is no park. And he said neutral is like park. And it, you put it into neutral and then you press the parking brake button. And then to release it, you have to put your foot on the brake and then hit the parking brake button. And then it's released. Oh, I never did and that part of it. You did it for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Not a bad, not necessarily bad, but you should just be aware of it, especially if you're loaning it to somebody because they're not going to figure out how to get moving. How did you like the turning radius? I thought it was really good. We did a U-turn and I went from the inside lane to the opposite direction inside lane. And it was like, it was just like, whoop. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't go into anybody else's lane or anything. It just went real quick. It would be really fun to How do donuts you? in that. I didn't check that. I really should have, but it would be fun at, like in the parking lot to do some donuts and see how tight it can get. Yeah. The, um, getting out. So I will say being so low to the ground made me a little uncomfortable, um, in certain situations. Like in, in Scottsdale, everybody's got an SUV. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's big trucks, there's lifted trucks. I felt very small in this vehicle, but I didn't, I never felt unsafe. But when I was looking around, I was just like, there's just a wall of vehicles. Like there were some cases when I was in the middle lane that I really couldn't see the stores on either side of me. If I looked left and I looked right, I mean, I could see them through the windows. But if I was just looking right at the windows of the other cars, if I was just looking and there was, uh, if the if the car was tinted or whatever, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah. On the, on either. Were side you looking of the car. into the doors of the car? If you look straight across, like, did you have to scooch up in your chair to see over them, or were you above that? No, uh, I didn't have to scooch up, but I definitely wasn't super high. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I could, I could still see the the building that's on either side of me in the middle lane. It's just like, I, I would feel very uncomfortable. Like if I was in stop and go traffic on the freeway, for instance, cause you just, you, you, you know, when, when you're in a regular car, you can kind of like move and like kind of peek and see what's going on. I don't know that you could necessarily do that in this car <laughs> and feel comfortable about it. You know, like yeah. if there's an accident and people will find a little area where they could just kind of slide to the left and look, I don't, I don't know that I would do that. Cause if somebody came up behind me, um, the, 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 the accident might not be survivable. Like there's no airbags in this thing at all. Oh, really? Is that legal? I, oh, it's a motorcycle. So oh. because when I looked at the, at the, I looked cause there's the airbag symbols, right? So I, normally you would find them in the A post, you would find them in the B post, depending, probably not in this car, but you'd find them in the A post, like above the door and I, and then, and on the steering wheel. And I did not see the airbag symbol for any of those in any of those places. So if there is one, I didn't find it. Yeah. I'm, I'm scanning through some Google searches and uh, no, there are no airbags. I, I put a link in the uh, show notes. I hope you'll include for everybody to a video showing the uh, assembly line and, and the process to put these things together. And it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting video. I've watched the whole thing, but he scanned through us and showed us some things. And uh, one of the things he had in the picture or that he showed us was the, um, the car with none of the beauty panels on and you can see the crumple zones and the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the metal frame around it, but that's not the same as an airbag. No. And you know, I don't want to be too hard on the company because it's, it's a simple product and it's not really, it's not really designed to be luxury or anything. It's, it's really designed to get you somewhere at an affordable price, right. And to be reliable, but, um, yeah, this picture is a really good example of, of, uh, how little there is between you and, uh, the cars outside of you. Cause those, the, the, the actual skin of the car that you see, that's not always necessarily designed to keep you safe, right? Mm-hmm. It's the frame that's keeping you safe. And, uh, the frame is very close. Uh, to your actual body. So maybe this is in, a car this for example. running over to Starbucks and going to CVS and maybe, you know, down to the beach or something, but not for commuting on the freeway. I see what you're saying. In a 180 mile an hour crash, you'd be squishy. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it. So my, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it my car of, either. <laughs> um, I was thinking of some, of some use cases for this and there's a place here in Arizona called Barazona where they have like wolves and uh, mountain goats and stuff. And you just take your car and you just drive around, right? Hmm. This would actually be really good if Barazona bought a bunch of these and rented them out because then 
people aren't sitting idling in their their vehicles mm-hmm. while they're watching the bears cross the road and stuff. They, they, you would actually get an electric vehicle. It's good for the environment. And you can just rent them out. It's another revenue source. Um, and they're fun to drive. Yeah, it's um, it's like driving a little go-kart. <laughs> yeah. And other places in here in Arizona, we have a lot of retirement communities like Sun Lakes and Sun City. And everybody, not everybody, a lot of people in these communities drive golf carts from place to place to place. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a really good uh, use case. And then, you know, if you live somewhat close to work and you just were commuting, I think that'd be good too. Yeah, I lived and food delivery. Seven, I lived seven miles from work and it was all city streets and it took about 20 minutes because it was uh, uh, Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. I think this would have been a great little commute car for that. And I, back to the thing about SUVs and I feel like we're in an escalation of a war here in everybody getting taller and taller vehicles because everybody says I want to be above everybody. So everybody's getting bigger and bigger vehicles. And as a result, you have people driving a Yukon by themselves to drive to work. And, you know, I, I love people who buy big cars and use them for stuff. You know, Chris Ashley drives a Ford F-150. You know what? He carries lumber. He carries washing machines. He he ta- helps his friends move. He does things with it. But in L.A., all, all over the place, I see these people driving these Ford F-150s to their, their job at an aerospace company, and they haven't put lumber in it ever. Not even a dog. You know, it's like, stop buying bigger, bigger cars. And we should say Chris does have a, an electric F-150 now. Yes, yes. So, so he's, he's even, not only is he doing things, he's he's doing it better. Cleanly. You know, I, I also think that there's something that's happened in the last 20, 30 years that, that people think that you must have a massive vehicle if you have children. We used to drive our kids around in Steve's, um, uh, well, I had a Honda Accord and he had, um, shoot, now I can't remember the model, a Prelude. And, you know, tedious little car. And he would do that and do grocery shopping. And we'd carry the kids. We'd, we'd take the kids on vacations. You know, we went on vacation with four adults in the original Honda Civic, the one right after the three-cylinder the three uh, cylinder one, the first four-cylinder one. Right. Four adults. A little cramped, but, you know, we got it done. And, you know, people think that they need a minivan to take two kids and two adults. You get to three kids, I, I'll, I'll give you that one. But two kids and two adults, you don't need a minivan to go everywhere. Maybe it's easier. But. I, I, yeah. So I'll give you that. You you, you get two twins and a uh, and a sixteen year old. Uh, oh, you win at three. At lot. three, you got to do you got to do a bigger car but, for sure. But two twins, you have to bring two of everything at the same age. Uh, like our, our our twins, a set of twins, I guess, not two <laughs> twins. So for our kids, like we, I had a uh, Volkswagen uh, Jetta, and I could not carry everything I needed in that car. Uh, be just because everything was massive. <laughs> well, you kids today have all these contraptions and such. You know, we didn't we didn't carry uh, pack and plays and car right. and, and well, we barely had our children in car seats back that that long ago. I'm really old, but you know, uh, the car or what do you call seats for the kids to sit in at the table? Uh, those you know, high chair seats. You know, yeah. I watch my uh, my kids when they come over, and it's like it is amazing how much stuff they bring with them. It's a military operation, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so we have we have uh, kind of. I think we've painted a, a nice picture of what it's like to drive the solo. Let, why don't you uh, show off the price? Unveil the price of this uh, vehicle. Yeah, this is why you might 
if you heard some things that you're like, oh, that doesn't sound so good. This might bring you back around. It's $18,500. That is really inexpensive, right? I mean, I haven't bought a car in a long yeah. time, but that's that's a really inexpensive car. Yeah, and the only options you get are you get to choose one of four colors, and one of one of those colors, which is silver, is not always available. <laughs> so black, so, white, red. There are no trim options yeah. unless you're uh, a Pizza Hut, and that's it. They said the silver ones go real quick, uh, but he showed us a, a picture of their um, – I don't know, the, the place you keep spare cars down in Long Beach, and they had tons of them. So you could go down and, uh, I mean, a lot of people have credit card limits that high. You know, not that I would condone putting it on your credit card unless you can get points for it or something. Yeah, no, this is, this is you know, conceivably, like this is a, a young person who has saved for a car. They can make a sizable down payment, and with some parents' help, they could actually own a car. And that way, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the things as a parent that I was always nervous about is my kid riding with somebody else or, or being distracted with somebody else in the car. Boom, you've got that problem solved. <laughs> now there's other problems that you can't solve. But, you Good know, point. if they're just going to school and back, this might be something that's, Actually, that's beneficial oh, for Actually, oh, I like that, going to school. Yeah, yeah, because school's usually pretty close, so they're not going to be going 80 miles an hour on the freeway. You'd rather they not have anybody in the car. They can't have to drive anybody home. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. an interesting idea. Plus, if they wreck it, you're out eighteen thousand five hundred, not fifty thousand. That's pretty interesting. So, would you recommend or not recommend this vehicle? I would recommend it. I really would. I I enjoyed it. I, one of the things I'm enthusiastic about everything. I see everything is half full. You know, I hadn't thought about some of the downsides you brought up. I was like, oh, that's amazing. But Steve got out of the car and goes, wow, that was really fun. And I figured yeah. he would be much more critical than I would be. But he really enjoyed driving this car. So 18500 maybe as a as a second car. You know, you get a big giant vehicle for when you're carrying everybody around, but when you got to run over and get something and you need to buy one six pack of something at the grocery store, you can go get it. Yeah, I I was smiling pretty much the whole time I drove this thing. It really did feel like it was uh, it really felt like it was like an ATV or or some sort of vehicle that's designed for fun. You know, uh, I didn't feel like. Because you're so low to the ground and the car is so is very responsive, um, you just when you take corners, you feel the car taking the corners, and you're kind of shoved. If you're taking a right corner, you're shoved into the left part of the car and stuff. So you feel everything that's on the road, and that kind of I think grounds you more to what you're doing. And it was it was a lot of fun, especially you know taking corners at a little bit higher speed than probably you should have. It was. It, I enjoyed it. Actually, you make a really good point there. Um, I used to sail and sailing our, my parents had a 35 foot sloop and sailing that versus sailing the dinghy, you know, the dinghy you were, you were involved, you know, because you were directly affected by the waves and directly affected by your decisions on the, on pulling the mainsail in. And, you know, when you came about and things like that, you were directly affected. It was more like remote control when you were in the big boat. And the, I think the same thing is true with this car versus a, a regular car. You found yourself in your regular car sort of mindlessly driving, right? You're disconnected. You're thinking about something and you might not even be connecting to, did I make that turn? Did I signal on that turn? I don't even remember. This one, you're engaged. You're, you're part of it because it's, it's more immediate, I think. Yeah, I would say that. And the, I, that's what makes it fun. 
It, yeah. It really does. One more thing I wanted to point out that I forgot to say. Um, Steve and I both would have sworn that the side view mirrors were much bigger than they are on regular cars. He said, no, they're not. It's just the car is so small. And I measured it on my hand, and they are the size of regular mirrors. I, I went over to some other cars after I'd measured it, and like how far up to my wrist did it come sticking straight out. The difference is that they're more at eye level, so you're not above it. You're kind of looking straight at it, and that's good for visibility in the side view mirror. It was a little bit challenging to me when I was making a right turn that a lot of my right turn view was occluded by that side view mirror. So I had to move my head around a little bit to be able to be sure. I, I might be sensitive because I hit some, or I almost hit somebody once making a right turn in my Acura for the same reason. I had low visibility on right turns. Yeah, right turns are nerve wracking for me, but I did not have any issue at all. Like I felt like you could almost see all the way around the car with those just those two. Oh, mirrors, you could. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're taller in the seat. You're you're probably a good head taller than I am, so that's probably why. Yeah, it was it was a good experience. So highly recommend it. And one of the things I was talking about uh, to uh, the salesperson because they wrote down, uh, you know, does a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the things he was very knowledgeable about all the sorts of different EVs. And one of the things we were talking about is like you don't have not everything has to fit a certain mold. And this is like something that I am very passionate about. Like if you if this car works for you and it does everything you want it to do, then you should buy this car and not be feel you know bummed about it. Versus, you know, if a Lucid Air, which is obviously a beautiful car, if it does nothing for you, I, I think that, you know, the $18,000 is worth more than the $160,000 in terms of what you get out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if 18500 is what you have, this is a pretty cool car. Absolutely. Not to mention what you're not going to spend on gas, right? So that 18500 is a lot of buying power. Oh, what's the uh, what's the current U.S. incentive now? Um, do you get money off? I don't know if motorcycles do. That's a good question. Oh, actually. interesting. But if you did, it would be seventy five hundred dollars. Geez, so you're down to almost ten grand. Yeah, as long as it met like certain things, like it's got to be assembled here. Uh, most of the parts need to be built here. So there's a lot of things that it has to hit for it to, to qualify more than just the fact that it's sold here. But if it is, if it does qualify at $7,500, which is a good point. Let's see. If you buy one, you can get into the referral program. You get $250 bonus, but uh, let's see. Rebates incentives. I'm looking for up to $7,500. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Now for 10 grand, you can, Bodie, just get one of these. Just add it to your fleet. Drive that most of the time. When you got the kids in the car, drive the giant gas vehicle. It's going to pay for itself in like a week and a half at 10K. It is, but I have a, I have money down on a Silverado. I have money down on – I don't want more than one car. But look at all the money you'll save between now and when they ever make a car for you because they apparently are never going to make you a car. Oh, that's true. That's true. Actually, this side note, and I'll cut it off, but I I was looking right before we got on, I was looking for tires because I have to replace my tires because I waited so long because I figured any moment now I'm going to hear when I'm going to get my truck and I can just turn this thing in without having to spend a bunch of money on tires, but that's not going <laughs> to I got to replace tires this week. You probably buy this car for less than the tires on your car. You're going to spend like $1,600 if you're lucky. Yeah, 118. I'm not going to put the nicest tires on this thing. Uh, 
I'm I'm no I'm no I'm definitely no more than twenty thousand miles away from a new car. Okay. For sure. Okay. <laughs> well, this was fun. I, it was fun doing it with you uh, remotely, and uh, I know Steve had a lot of fun doing it too. Uh, driving this car, the uh, Electromechanica Solo. Yeah, if anybody buys it, let Bodie know. Bodie at nine one eight digital dot com. Stop. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you as if they don't already know? If you go to podfeet.com, you can find everything I do, like the NoSilicast podcast, a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight uh, Apple bias. Excellent. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, oh, wait, can I plug one other thing? I just did it. Oh, you already talked about it. I did a big thing on the batteries we had put in our house and uh, you did a great job covering that. But it was uh, I had a lot of fun writing it up, walking through how they work and making these really cool diagrams that show you how the energy flows between the battery and the solar and the grid. It was really, really fun. Enjoyed learning a lot by having to write that up. Can I make a recommendation then? Because this is how I did it is uh, I actually listened to the Nozilla cast and then I just followed through. It's Nozilla cast. When you say it with a Z, people can't find it. That's that's a good point because it's Allison spelled backwards. It doesn't rhyme with Mozilla. Yeah, it's Allison spelled backwards. Yeah, no, no Silla cast. But I listened. I I had the the thing up on my laptop, um, and I just kind of followed it as you went down. Or did both at the same time? Yeah, the pictures really matter in that one. It's it's they do, and the little video. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll take this, uh, you know what, I when I did this on the show, I actually uh, put two things together. Uh, Patrick does Cars with Chords, and he has a uh, an article up on his website, and I'll just mention this again, uh, about Stormwatch and Firewatch for the Powerwalls. So, it's a really good article, and it's a good pairing between the two articles that you both wrote. Cool. I'll have to check that out. All right. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you. everybody that is our show this week i want to thank allison sheridan for coming on and sharing her experiences with me on the electromechanica solo i also want to thank steve sheridan because he went with allison and and did a test drive as well and he contributed his observations and experiences driving the solo so i really appreciate steve for taking the time to do that it really made the show better so thank you steve As always, if you want to get in touch with Allison Sheridan, just go to podfeet.com because everything good begins with podfeet.com. Also check out the show notes because there will be links to Allison's website, Steve's YouTube page, the uh, shared library, and the video showing the production of the solo. All right, everybody, that is it for me today. On Friday, we're going to go over Tesla AI Day. I'm really excited about this. I'm I'm really stoked to see what Tesla is up to. Uh, also, as a quick side note, before I let you go, if I owe you an email, I'm so behind on all of my communications. I'm probably five days behind on getting back to folks. So if I owe you an email or a communication of some kind, uh, today and tomorrow, I'm going to start uh, you know, clearing that backlog. So I apologize about that. Okay. 
That's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I will talk to you this Friday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.